Hi, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, the king of co-op, Steve Kingsley, and his special guest are going to review a game for you and have a related discussion. And without further ado, here's Steve! Welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop. This is Steve, and I'll be joined shortly with Kim, and we are here to review Isofarian Guard. This review will consist of a number of parts, so the first one will be a brief overview of the game Isofarian Guard, followed by the top five format. What it is, is we'll cover the five things you need to know about this game, starting with the least important work going to number one, the most important thing you need to know, and we'll talk about if those are pros and cons along the way. And then we'll follow it up with Would I Like It? segment which is covering if you like this game for different factors and then we'll wrap it up with our own personal final thoughts without further ado let's jump to the overview isofarian guard is an open world and narrative campaign adventure for one to two players the, the players will take on the role of guards in the land of isofar the game focuses on the use of poker chips and bag building for activating cards in combat in a tableau the bag building is also used to maintain persistent effects throughout the game. Item crafting, building, and a wide variety of quests are used to keep the players engaged. The game consists of five campaigns with four chapters each. And then each campaign will focus on a different pair of Isofarian guards. The final campaign is a little bit different, but I'll leave that up to you for you to experience yourselves. Players win the game by reaching the end of campaign five. And we're here to talk about the top five, and Kim is joining me for yes. this part of the review. Hi, everybody. Hi. So let's start off with our top five, with number five, that is being the storage solution. This is a pro. This is a massive game. The box is huge. In fact, it won't fit in a Catholic shelf. Just head, heads up there. It is huge, and there's a lot of moving pieces, but honestly, it is really easy to take out and put away. I think the biggest thing for me are the... The trays that hold the guards, uh, the, there's two boards for the guards. There's one board that includes like the guard's face and the, the hit points and attacks information and all their equipment. Another board that includes their abilities, and they, these lay on top of each other. You can keep the cards and basically everything inside of it, and they snap together in this game trays, big old tray, and it just slides into the storage solution. It's so easy to take in an hour play. Yeah, and like you said, they nest together really, really nicely. And I know I'm not the one that normally sets up and takes down the game. So this is more important for you, for sure. <laughs> right. um, but I'm glad you're happy. Yeah, because oftentimes with games of this magnitude and nature, there's all these bits and pieces to pull out. And this one is honestly pretty easy. There are other things you pull out in the game. There's a map to grab, uh, the books you need to grab, and then there's lots of cards in the game as well. But the game comes with card wells, with dividers, and everything for you are ready to go. It's it's very easy to run and put away. So this is one of the few games that I don't mind packing up, and then if I had to pull it out again later in, in the future. But honestly, this one is out on a table anyway. So yeah. Well, and that being said, there's a lot. 
Yes. There's a lot in this game. And one thing that I know we'll talk about later Mm -hmm. is the fact that it takes up so much space on your table. You do need a big plane surface. So do keep that in mind um, when you're thinking about where you're going to play this game. That's true. Now, there are some things you can do to help with that. So it doesn't take up the entire space. You can stack things around. You can move. You can pull out what you need at the time, which is one benefit to having the storage solution that they have. Yeah. And I don't think you necessarily need to play with the map entirely no. out. You just need to know where you're going and, That's correct. and things of that that sort. So like That's you correct. said, there's ways ways around it. But right. Yep. That's our number five. Our number four is also going to be a pro. It is going to be the enemy AI in variety for this one. There are a ton of different creatures and enemies you'll encounter throughout the game. And they are run by an enemy AI board. There's actually four of them in the game. So you can potentially face up to four enemies at one time. And depending on which boards are in, they might be at the front line or the back line. And depending on which ones are alive, it will determine which ones you can affect and attack. So that's kind of like a little bit of your range in the game. Mm -hmm. But the enemies themselves run by flipping over a card in the AI deck. And I'll have a conditional statements like, if Hoover has the highest attack, then this enemy is going to attack that that guard. Or if the enemy has less health, it will may may try to heal themselves or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought the enemy AI worked really well and it ran really smooth. Yeah, I really like that system. The cards are easy to follow. It's a... Um, if and or statement type mm-hmm. of thing that goes on. So it's very clear in that sense. Um, one thing you mentioned enemy variety, there are a lot of different enemies and mm-hmm. all the enemies have different levels. They, they seem to evolve with you as the game evolves. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, and we can disagree on this one a little bit, the enemy variety can go stale if you choose to play that way. And what I mean by that is if you sit in one spot and churn, um, you're going to potentially see the same guys popping up. But that's kind of on you if you're not exploring the rest of the world, if you're not advancing in the story and in the game itself. Um, I know when we sat and we had a little grind session, I was like, okay, I'm ready to to go see some other stuff. So. Yeah. It's it's player dependent in that sense, um, but you have the control to get around that. <laughs> yeah, more specifically, the enemies, they are regional. So you will find wolves in the forest, for example, and maybe like uh, bears up in the mountains. And I'm kind of making, you know, speak this generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you decide to, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time in this particular region. Yeah, you'll see the same enemies. But if you hop on the river, you'll see very different enemies. If you hop down south, you'll see different enemies there. So it really depends on what you're doing at the time. So I agree that if you choose to be in one area, you you might get a little tired of seeing the same enemies. But honestly, in our experiences, at least when we're playing, we we're all over the place. We did we did go everywhere, but mm-hmm. there was a point where we had in mind wanting to get a certain item, mm-hmm. um, and so we kind of sat and churned for a bit, mm-hmm. and we got really really strong for the chapter we were in. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, okay, I, let's move on. we got to keep going. Yep. So. That's our number four, a pro, enemy, variety, and AI. On to number three. Number three is also going to be a pro. That is the character customization and growth. So what I mean by this is in the game, you'll be playing as a guard in Isofar, 
And you'll be starting off with a few abilities that you can activate in combat and maybe what's called the stonebound abilities, which are kind of your magic in the game. You'll be using stones to activate those instead of chips. You have a variety of different resources to manage, but you also have equipment. And a big part of the game is, of course, getting experience, leveling up, so you can get new abilities in the game. And also, crafting items is huge. So you'll be finding different resources to go to specific cities that sell uh, different items, materials you might need, and also craft different things at different blacksmiths. So one city might provide that really awesome sword, and the other one might provide a very awesome shield, but you need to know which city to go to for which one. Uh, that is then that is getting back to what you mentioned earlier a little bit about the grind because one thing about this is each enemy will drop different materials and so if you know what materials you need you may want to spend time in that region to try to get that that uh, the items you need for that crafting. Yep. Now the game does have an a bag which you pull out chips out of during the exploration phase. And so you pull out ships, and if you pull out skulls, you'll fight enemies. You pull out a compass, you won't have any enemies, but you might have an event. Now, one thing that does help in the game, because if you are looking for a specific material, if you pull that that compass chip, that explore chip, that basically nothing happens, you can choose which enemy that would appear at that spot. So if you're looking for a specific claw, maybe it comes from an enemy you know that's in that region, and it's part of that list. You can choose to face that, and it makes it a lot easier to find those items. Yep. Well, you said nothing. Nothing happens on the compass. That is not true. That's, there, that's true. There are um, potentially triggered events that do happen, and it's mm-hmm. a decision point. And it's a really cool, um, fun story portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about narration and story later. Um, but I do love the character customization and the build out and trying to figure out how you're going to make your character work. Um, I think you spoke earlier about the different ability cards that you choose and, and just spec out your character. And then I get to pick out what, you know, swords I want. It's, it's really up my alley for this. Um, so it's excellent. So I know I was kind of harping on the grind and getting a little bit of the same enemy feel after doing that for a very long time. Don't get me wrong. It took me a while to get to that point. Um, I was okay with that because I had a goal and I knew what I wanted and I was stubborn and I wanted to get that item. Um, so this is this is really great. The character tree, um, the decision-making that you have, so you can pick which tokens you're going to add to your bag um, to change your probabilities, and maybe I want to choose something that's going to help you mm-hmm. or vice versa. Um, so this is very, very well done. Yes. Also, the leveling up, you can... We, t- we mentioned the word grind a little bit, and... To me, grind means doing something for the sake of just getting stronger. And you can definitely do that in this game. But I think it doesn't happen a lot because usually you're questing or going to something else. You're mm-hmm. you're moving to a destination to do something else. And along the way, you are getting stronger just naturally. So to me, this game doesn't really have grind in it, but you could choose to play that way. Yes. But the way the game is set up, where which... Is interesting because when we started the game, mm-hmm. it it was challenging. We yes. we if you watched one of the streams, we made a decision to go after something that we were not ready for, mm-hmm. and it's bad when the designer's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> when the designer is in your life cat and he drops down skull and crossbones, you know he made the wrong call. <laughs> well, we just wanted to you know try it out. Um, so we, it started really 
rough for us in that sense. Yes. But then we we took the time to build out our characters mm -hmm. and it got to a point where it's like, oh, I'm so strong. This is great. I, I'm kind of just trotting along the path here. But the moment we hit something that triggered in the game, it was like a oh, new chapter. A, yeah, a new chapter. Mm -hmm. The game's like, I got to check you. You cannot just do that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, gosh, it's now we have to rethink how we're doing this. And it kind of gives you a nice balance so that it, it doesn't let you run away uh, with it in that sense. That's yeah, it's a great point because a lot of times in open world games, you kind of have the opportunity if you want to just level up as much as you want to get super powerful and just steamroll everything. It's not possible in this game because you have a level cap in the sense that you can only unlock certain powers and abilities depending what chapter you're in. Mm -hmm. The enemies are also, are also uh, based upon the chapter you're in as well. There's like one, two, three, and four stars, and it corresponds to the chapters. And so in chapter one, you'd be facing one-star enemies, chapter two, two-star enemies, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice because, yeah, I can get more experience, but you know what? I can't unlock anything, so what's yeah, the point? Yeah, you'll, you'll hit a point where the game's gonna push you to keep going right, right. Uh, which again is a great plus for me um and it's cool because then when you hit that chapter you're gonna see different enemies they're gonna drop different items and mm -hmm. that's how you're gonna get those stronger items mm -hmm. later in the game yeah and like you said we were feeling pretty powerful we're doing really well and then <laughs> and hit that then, chapter and like oh my god no, you guys. what happened <laughs> no like just kidding that you were wrong <laughs> no -uh. So it was a fun surprise. I it wasn't was. I wasn't quite expecting that. It was. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. A lot of different options in the customization as well. One big thing you can do in the game is you can change out your loadout anytime during exploration. So as long as you're not in combat, you can change it out. Meaning if I'm going to a particular region, I know there's enemies that attack a certain way because like I said earlier, the enemy variety, they are regional. So I know I'm going to fight this enemy with this strategy. And I know that I have a tool in my abilities that is particularly good against that. So maybe I want to switch out my abilities and I could do that anytime during exploration. So even if you play the same characters for a while, you get tired of it, just change it out. No big deal. Yep. But yeah, that is our number three, but that the character customization and growth was excellent in this one. On to number two, also a pro. This time we're talking about narration and the music for this game. So we are playing the game with Forteller. So Forteller is a professionally done audio and music combination app that will basically read the narration with voices and sound effects and has music in the background. In fact, it also has music for when there's no narration, in case you want to have some background music that's fitting for the game when you're exploring or even in combat. Some epic combat music. It is epic music, <laughs> yes. Honestly, when I first heard about this game and I heard the soundtrack, a custom soundtrack for this game, that was like, okay, I got back this game because I love, love, love soundtracks. You do. <laughs> you know, of, like regular radio, you listen to music or movie soundtracks. Yes. And uh, conduct and like yep. so into it. Yeah. And I love that it, it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you can't sing along with that stuff, unfortunately. You can't, and I'm sitting in the car just jamming out with my music singing, and then we get in his car. Mm. <laughs> just, I'm jamming out to that stuff. You are. You're you're rocking out rocking for your out. symphony. <laughs> um, I love you, dear. It's great. But anyway, so I, I agree. The narration is really, really well done. The voice actors and the, the characters have their own distinct sounds and personalities mm -hmm. um, that you can pick up on right away. It helps pull you into the mm -hmm. game. Um, 
for me, that isn't as big of a drive when I play sure. games is being like immersed and like feeling like I'm in the game. Um, I think that you're, you do that a little bit more mm-hmm. than I do. Um, so I may not put this as high as you did, mm-hmm. but it's still really, really well done. Honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because this type of point normally doesn't make to, in my top five. I enjoy narration and I definitely love music like that, especially soundtracks, but it's normally good in games. And this one, I felt like it was excellent. It got into like, wow, I actually want to hear the next part of it. I understand. I start picking up on the personalities of different characters. Like there's a caravan out there, which is traveling around. And there's like a, a husband and wife type team. And they have a fun interaction between them that, I don't know. I really enjoy that part of it quite a bit. So I was getting into that a lot. Yeah. But the the other thing I'll point out is when you get into certain situations in the game, the music is there to drive drive the experience forward. Uh, so like if there's a big moment in the narration, the music will swell and fade away, and and even with like combat situations as well, you'll start getting that that heavy drum beat and everything. It's Excellent. Yeah. So Love just, it. Love just it. an added flair to mm. your gameplay. Now, not all the narration is provided in the audio, so you, you do have to read, and I know we'll get to that point later as well. Yeah, for so. sure. For sure. So number two, the narration and music. Moving on to number one. This one is also a pro, and honestly, this is, might be my first all five pro review to me, to be frank, but this is the bag building of the game. So, like I said earlier in the overview, this is the focus of the game. You'll be drawing chips and adding chips into bags constantly. The chips are really big poker chips, excellent quality, really awesome artwork on them, very clear. And the primary use of this is you'll be drawing the chips from the bag. There's a lot of swords and shields, and these are basically two forms of currency in the game. And so you'll be putting these swords or shields, let's say you have a card in front of you that does this ability in order to activate the ability... It might cost a single sword chip, so you put it on there, and sometimes it has what's called an action point. You can spend that as well, and then you can do the ability. Mm -hmm. And if you ever get in a situation where, oh, man, I drew shields, and I don't have the sword I need, well, guess what? Two swords can can equal a shield for you. So you can always make the conversion to try to activate those abilities at any time. And in addition to that, you have a ton of different other chips in it, and it works really well in that there are black chips, purple chips, green chips, and red chips in the game. When you are drawing chips, you're only counting for the black chips you draw. The purple, green, and red chips are basically free chips, bonus chips. Well, bonus. Bonus. The good ones are bonus chips. Right, right. The red ones or the red ones. Some of the purple ones. Yes. You're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So the green and red chips, they, when you draw them, they have an effect and then they'll leave your bag after the effect is applied. The purple chips, they stay around. (laughs) Yeah, those persist. And it could be a good thing or a bad thing in the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but this was a really cool game and how if I encounter an enemy and he poisoned me, guess what? I put poison in the bag and I might defeat that enemy and move on to the next enemy. Well, guess what? You're still poisoned. Still poisoned. <laughs> so I'll find an enemy and I draw that poison and I take a hit. I'm like, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So then the puzzle becomes what abilities do I have? that can mitigate that or right. get rid of that. Right. Um, and that goes back to, you know, building your character up is really how are you building your bag of probability? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really cool. You mentioned the quality of the chips. They're real beefy. 
I've dropped them on the floor and it's like, well, I dinged my floor, not I'm going to break the chip. <laughs> right. So it's, it was, it's well made in that sense. I've tested it. <laughs> and there's a lot of opportunity. I'll get into, cause we haven't talked about this a lot about the cooperation, a lot of cooperation in this game. Mm-hmm. In the sense that like, Oh, you have that, that poison chip in your bag. Well, I've got this ability. If I go first, I might be able to draw the chips and act as ability and remove that poison from your bag before yeah. you even have a chance of drawing it, which is really, really nice. Yeah. and Or like you can give maybe someone an action point or mm-hmm. I can do something to an enemy that helps you on your turn. So there is right. a lot of decision making back and forth that can be done mm-hmm. um, just to figure out how you're not only are you looking at your own engine on how it's going to work. But how are you going to work in tandem with your fellow guardsmen? That's right. So it's really cool in that sense. The guards are designed to co- cooperate and help each other out in a lot of ways. Like if there's a guard that excels at something but has a has a hole or gap, the other guard normally has a way to help fill that. And so there's a there's a nice uh, symbiosis, I guess, between the guards and how they're designed. It's really really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other thing that's really interesting about this one is. Because the chips persist in the bag between combats, you know, oh, I've got this guy, this enemy, he's at one health, I could take him out right away, but actually, maybe you don't want to. Yeah. Maybe you want to wait a little bit, maybe you want to put chips in your bag, and then take him out, because those chips will stay in your bag for the next combat. So when you jump into the next combat, maybe you'll be extra strong, or be able to manage that one a little bit easier, which is really, really fun. And, but that can also backfire. It can backfire. We've seen it both ways. Yes. I, I'm ready for my big gamma slam on the next target, or... Oh crap! I am now poisoned, and like things <laughs> went the wrong way. Or you set up a big attack, and you accidentally drew all those chips. Oh yeah, that has happened too. It's like, well, I used them all. But that was makes it fun and interesting. Like, mm-hmm. when should I go? Who should go first? Because you can choose that for the, when it's the guard's turn. And yeah, really interesting decisions. A lot of fun. This is honestly the focus of the game. Not only can you manage the guard's bags, but there's also a exploration bag. Where you draw chips to see, you know, do you encounter enemy? Do you encounter an event? Or basically, nothing, nothing major happens. You can also adjust that bag as well in some interesting ways. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely the bag building is very, very fun in this one. So, since we've talked about on uh, all pro lists in this one, this I I want to make sure we do talk about some cons. So, because not not every game's perfect, but when I set up the list. All the pros float to the top. So let's talk about some of the cons, some of the bigger cons for this game that just didn't make it into our discussion. Mm-hmm. So probably the big one for me is the tutorial. The tutorial is it works well. It teaches the game. I have no no problems with that. My only issue is from a cooperative perspective. When you start playing the game, you are one guard and you're going on this narrative adventure and introduce you to the world and kind of how the game works. And at some point the other character will join and then you can play together as two players. Each person control their own character. Mm-hmm. And from a two player's perspective, because we play co-op all the time, I kind of wish we just started with the two characters. Yeah. I didn't even take part in the tutorial step. Right. I watched right. your playthrough of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm with you on that one. It's like, Oh, couldn't, couldn't I've been there. I mean, the story, there's a reason in the story for right. it. Right. A hundred percent. But yeah, that, that would have been, would have been nice because I, I didn't have anything to do with it personally. I mean, we could have sat down and took turns controlling the character and stuff like that, but it's just not the same. Not the same. So if you're playing solo, this is a not complete non-issue. 
Oh, yeah. Completely not an issue. Totally fine. Oh, uh, but just for co-op. So that but. that's why that's probably the biggest con for me. And then you mentioned the con earlier that we want to dig into a little bit. The table space. Table space. Yes. You need a lot of table space if you're setting up the entire mm-hmm. game. There are a lot of components. There are a lot of the the map is really big. Um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of components. I think they're just large, honestly. Well, there's a lot of components because <laughs> no, I should think of that. Yeah. There's two boards per guard. Mm-hmm. So that's four boards because you have two guards. And then there's four enemy boards and then a map. Yes. Those are all And you have you have all your, your rows of chips. Although there's yes. the storage again, you've talked about the storage. Mm-hmm. It's done really well mm-hmm. and that portion's compact and you don't have to have all the enemy um boards out. Right. Uh, so there are ways to work around the large table space issue for it, sure. So it's not the end of the world. <laughs> like the map, it doesn't even have to be out. Or if it's out, you can put the guards boards or the enemy boards on top of it when you mm-hmm. encounter them. I've done that. It works fine. It's not a big deal. So there's ways of mitigating. You mentioned about you don't have to have all the enemy boards out at the same time, which is very, very true. You, most of the time you encounter like one or two most of the time. It's very rare you encounter all four, but maybe that changes later in the game. We'll find out. Okay, we'll <laughs> so, find out. Uh, yeah. So, but it's, I always think of that as something for people to consider. Yes. Um, yes. It, it's a big game. And like you mentioned before, the box itself, even though it's packed really, really well, it mm-hmm. won't fit in a Calyx shelf. Right. So like you got to figure out where you're going to store this thing. Right. Yeah. And I guess why this didn't float higher on the, the list for me is because there's ways you can get around it. You're not required for this space exactly. Mm-hmm. You can you can stack the the boards on top of it. Like you don't really need to see your uh, guard board, uh, the ability board. You need to see. You need to see your health track, for example, for sure, and like your stats. But like your items don't need to see that much in combat. So yeah, there's yeah. other ways you can get around it and yeah. and manipulate the 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 game itself to fit your space. Let's talk about who might like this game or dislike this game based upon different factors. So probably the big one, if you you might like this game, if you like open world games, we can explore and forge your own path. Because honestly, that is a big part of the game. There's a narration for sure. Mm-hmm. And you can choose your path. The narration does have branches in there, which is really, really cool. and how, Kind of interesting how they're doing that. But you'll have moments of narration followed by moments of, hey, okay, I know I need to do this main quest, but... I might need to do some other stuff before I start that quest because once you start the narrative quest line, you're stuck in it. You can't like pause it. Oh, wait, let me go get some level up some more, get some equipment I needed. You want to make sure you're ready to go before you get into that situation. So that is a big part of the game. Uh, If you want a strong narrative, there's a big narrative in this one as well. Like that is a bulk of the game. I would say the narrations are what, four to five paragraphs on average. Um, they vary. They do vary. They vary, but like you, like we said, a lot of it is audio. You don't have to listen to that. Um, but if you don't want to read, you don't like picking up books to read, or you don't want to reference books, and I know I'm jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. Um, that's it. If you don't like the game, if you don't want to manage books, <laughs> that's a big one. It's it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you will like this game if you like deterministic combat. The nice thing about this one is. There aren't any modifiers in this game. It's not like, oh, I have a five attack. I'm going to roll this dice and I might miss completely or get plus one to my attack. None of that's here. It is, hey, I'm going to do this ability. It's going to give me five attack. Done deal. I know how much defense they have. I know how much damage they're going to take. We we know exactly what's happening. Kind of likewise for the enemy. 
they don't have any randomizers either, kind of. It's just that you don't know what it is, right? You flip yeah. up the card, it's going to be, they attack with a plus one, they attack with a plus three, but it's not like you're rolling a dice. You know exactly what bonus they're going to get once you're familiar with the enemy. So it's a very determinist in combat that way. It's just an unknown combat when it comes to en enemy. The other one is the time investment. This is a big game with a lot of content. It is five campaigns in a box. Each campaign has four chapters. And it took us, I don't know how long it took us to get to chapter one. It was pretty quick, honestly, because that's mostly tutorial. But chapter two, it, we spent a long time in chapter we two. We did spend a long time there. But again, I think that was also based on the decisions we were making. Right. We right. went out and we explored. If you wanted to try and just drive that storyline, I think you could try. You it's going to be very challenging, I, I think, if you don't take a moment to just make sure you're building your character a bit. Correct. Um, but yeah, it's a lengthy game. But it doesn't, for when we play it, we never feel like it's a long time. Nope. There was one evening I'm like, all right, let's sit down for 30 minutes because you can jump in and jump out super quick, which mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. And it was like three hours later. <laughs> it's so true. And I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so, got work in the morning. I guess we got to stop. <laughs> I know. So. But to me, that's that's a sign we're like, we're, we're fans of the game because yeah. clearly the difference between 30 minutes and three hours <laughs> didn't phase us. Right. And right. it was... Um, I think it's telling when when you get stuck in a game, um, it's it's a positive for us. For sure. Let's talk about things that might turn you away from this game. And you mentioned the books. Books is a big mm -hmm. one. There are there's an index book. There's a quest book. Um, there is um, there is a campaign book as well. And I think there's another book I might be forgetting. There's of course rule books, of course too. But you're gonna be in this book a lot. You'd be looking at the book to say, oh. What enemies are at this location? I mean, look this up. Okay. Oh, we're at this city. Let's see what they're selling. Let's see what they what, what, what the end cost. Let's see what quests are in the end. Oh, we're at a quest. Let's find out where we need to go for this quest and what we need to do. Let's read the book. So a lot of book mansion this in this one. If you don't want to be passing around books or reading from books. Or referencing books. I mean, yeah. at some point, you're going to maybe remember um, where what's in each city. And, and yeah, things maybe. Of that nature. maybe I'm maybe. not. It's I don't. Pretty, have, I don't have enough room up here to remember all that. It's pretty complex though, because like each the economy is built into the game, in the sense that different cities are ask are looking to buy certain materials because they don't have access to them, right? And mm -hmm. so if you if I get a horn at this one city, or there's there's animals with horns around the city, they don't want to buy horns. They got they yeah. got that nearby. But those don't change. Those so don't may, change. Maybe by chapter five. We'll be like... Or campaign five, yeah. Or, yeah, campaign yeah. five. We'll be yeah. like, I know what city I have to go to. I don't have to reference the book. We'll um, find out. <laughs> but yeah, but if that doesn't phase you and, and you don't mind you know, reading and going through the stories and referencing uh, material, uh, that's that's fine. I mean, you had fun one night just with the book in hand. I even at oh the gosh. game table. You asked if you could take my picture because I was sitting, lounging on our couch, just flipping through this book and, and like looking at what the cities want and looking at all the equipment. Um, because the, we didn't really talk about the equipment you get mm -hmm. gives you different boosts, but they also can give you different abilities and mm -hmm. all this other stuff. So I was like, well, I need to know so I can plan my future. That's right. Um, you were like, oh, wow, I, I want this one. What do we have for equipment? And I'll oh, yeah. look at the equipment but, and everything. So You were just laughing because you're like, I got to capture this moment <laughs> because this is different for you. It was, was like, it was. I told you no. Yep. 
another reason you might want to pass on this game is if your primary game group is three or more players, because this is a strict two-player max cap, honestly. Yes. You play solo. If you play solo, you do manage both characters. If you play two players, each player can manage one character. But that's basically it. It's a one or two-player game. But simple, but that's what it is. Yep. Uh, pass if you're limited or inflexible when it comes to table space. Because we mentioned the table space earlier. Like, if you are very tight and you really can't, you don't have a good way of of managing the game in sense like I can pull things out and put things back away, that might be a con to pass on this one. You could play on the floor. You could play on the floor. It's true. <laughs> Might be worth but it, honestly. There, there are ways. <laughs> there are ways around it, but again, right. we just bring it up for for awareness. That's Correct, for awareness. So, like, we have honestly a smaller table for our streaming table, and it was tight to fit, but I was able to make it fit through a couple different things. Like the yeah. main thing is, like, you don't need the map in front of you, so that's a big so one. We didn't do that. Right. So the for the amount that we're speaking to this point, I think you can kind of tone that down a bit. And it's not as big of an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, pass if you want to pick your own characters. So the game is set up. So each campaign focuses on a specific pair of Isofarian guards. So campaign one's got two. Campaign two has a different two. So on and so forth. Um, campaign five is different. I'll leave that one alone. Uh, but basically, if I want to play this character and you play that character... It's not really made for that. It really isn't. Especially since because the narration is set up so that this guard is speaking and that this guard speaking. And if you were to switch out the characters, you would have somebody not speaking in the narration. You would break the whole immersion. Like, mechanically, you, I guess you probably could do it, but it's not really made for that. Yeah, and I don't know if, if in the story you get items or something specific to your characters. And I think that... You do. Be, yeah, so that... I, I wouldn't recommend trying it. No, I wouldn't. So basically, this one is strictly, hey, here's the two characters to play. Go on, I'll play. I mean, it's balanced that way. Yeah. So you but can, you can fight your game mate, you know, for which character you're going to play. True. That's true. <laughs> like, well, the, the nice thing is you don't really get bored with the characters. Like we, you've been playing as Grigory the whole time. I've been playing as Alex the whole time. You're more of the gamma slammer, and I'm more of the support. Of course. Of course right? <laughs> But like, even in the middle of playing, like, oh, you know what? I've been playing this way for a while. I'll just switch this out. I'm gonna put this new equipment on. You know, you have a lot of flexibility, so it's not. It doesn't feel samey unless you choose to play that way. Yeah, which is different between the two of us. Right. I get comfortable with a build, mm-hmm. and I dig in. Yes. Like I am, my abilities. I have abilities I've unlocked. I haven't shuffled them in yet because what I have, I really like, and it's working. Right. But I think, like we said, when the chapters come through and start pushing, I think it's going to be like, okay, I need to pull from this this little pile that I have now and, sure. and push me to to take that step. For sure. Okay, let's move on to the big one, our final thoughts. Okay, final thoughts time for Isofarian Guard. So I've been excited for this game for a very long time. I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to interview with the designer or about the time the Kickstarter was going. So that's talking to him made me really, like, it's really sold me on the game. Because, like, oh, open world games. I love open world games. And having a soundtrack was like, oh, that's a sweet <laughs> spot. That's a sweet spot. <laughs> so I was really, really excited for this one. I also have been fortunate to have demoed it uh, between the the campaign itself and the actual delivery that's happening now. 
so we were able to play basically all the guards. We didn't play one campaign guard. So there's two guards we haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them we have played. Uh, so I kind of got a real good feeling with this one. Honestly, I was worried I may be overhyping the game for myself. I felt like like I was thinking this is going to be the best thing since sliced bread, whatever. And I might get it and feel like it doesn't live up to what I wanted it to be. So I sat down and we played it. And it took me a while. Like when I started playing the tutorial, it didn't really like, it was fun. But it wasn't like, this is amazing. And it wasn't until we got into, I believe it was chapter two. I think it was chapter two where something I'm leaving this pretty spoiler free, honestly. Something happens, you open it up, and it op- it shows you the rest of the game, what you can do in the game. And I felt like the open world nature was there, and I started seeing the potential of like, oh, this is a really cool equipment. I I can just go get it if I really want to, meaning that like if I work towards it, gather the equipment the materials, there's nothing to stop me from getting it. That was really cool. And this one, this one hooked me, hooked me big time. Yeah, he's a huge fan of this game. Uh, the way that the narration starts is, you, you know, you have to have a starting point. You need right. to understand where these characters are coming from, what's happening. So it builds you into that to give you that background. So it's a necessary step. It's not a bad step. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the story. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's fun and it helps bring me into the game a little bit more. Like I mentioned before, I'm not one to be fully immersed in like imagine myself in the zone, which is completely this guy over here. Um, but the narration and the story helps for me for that. Sure. So. Yeah. Ultimately, like this game is amazing. Absolutely. I love this game. Love this game. A complete Th- Steve game. It is completely. 100% Steve game. Definitely. This is a strong contender for game of the year for me. Like, like I'm not saying it's game of the year because it's early, but this is, it's setting the bar, right? This is really, it's up there. It's really well done. And it's, it's excellent. I highly, highly recommend taking a look at this one. Um, and I guess, like, there have been moments that, like, kind of build or kind of point to that conclusion. You mentioned earlier, let's play this game for 30 minutes. And, like, three hours later, we didn't know the time passed, and we're still having fun. We don't, we're like, I guess we should probably, you know, be responsible and go to bed because we have work in the morning, okay? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Or, like, oh, we're not even playing the game, and we're talking about it or thinking about it. Oh, let's look in the book. Where do we want to go? And like the fact that like we just don't want to stop playing it, and it, the fact that it's on our table right now, it's already out. We have I don't really put it away because you said I'm just play a little bit and put them in a even, little bit, a little bit, right? Exactly. <laughs> but like, and it's easy to put away. That's not that's not stopping me from putting it away. It's just the fact that we just keep playing it, and I just keep wanting to play it. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way in the fact that it's a good sign for me that I like a game when time goes by without me realizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the character build out, the the bag strategy that you're putting together uh, is really interesting to me. The cities, the exploration that you're doing and just wandering around. Um, I grew up loving playing RPGs and just, you know, open world stuff. So this really captures that portion of it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a fan of this game as well. Um, not, I'm going to say not as much as him, <laughs> but I really enjoy the game. And again, if you're particularly uh, open world exploration, character building, um, I think it's a good win. Yeah. And it's interesting. There's a lot of nuance in the game as we've been getting into it. And a lot of, we didn't mention this earlier, but 
the abilities you trigger oftentimes flip your cards over. Yes. So not only are you doing abilities, but you have to know what's on the other side, and you have to flip them in the right opportune time to trigger other combos, and honestly, the other player, because there's a lot of cooperation across the table or, mm-hmm. or next to you on how, oh, wait, if I'm able to drop this defense at the right time, then we can combine forces to hit him extra hard. Yeah, right? the, the strategy portion of your abilities is a huge part of this mm-hmm. game, and I think... Uh, it's another big win for me on that because it's just so much fun to figure out how you're going to manipulate everything that mm-hmm. you can to mm-hmm. your advantage. Um, but yeah, there's more than I know you mentioned you put the chips on the card to be able to do the card. There's a lot more to that than mm-hmm. just that. There's so many nuances, like you said, that you can try to take advantage of. Um, and then even with how are you going to build out what armor or what you know, amulets you might have or whatever it could be that's going to give you an edge. Um, or if you just want to wear a cloak because you want a cloak, that's fine. What can I say? <laughs> He's got a fancy cloak. There is a benefit <laughs> to it, but he was like, I'm getting it. <laughs> All right, hon. It's a stealth cloak. I need my stealth. <laughs> so. Why? I'm always the one carrying you after battle. because It's you true. Die. It's true. Since you mentioned that, when you do die in the game... Um, as long as one guard completes the battle, the other guard comes back to like a one health, yeah. and you keep playing. The only time is if you both die, then you respawn at a spawn point. Yes, but it's it's funny because there's been instances where we're in a battle, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, I just died. So I finished the battle, he stumbles back out from combat, and it's like, we have three more nodes to get through before we're at safety, and right. you get one health. Right. <laughs> so I just imagine, you know, Gregor- Gregory body. is just chucked Alec up on his shoulder. He's like, all right, here we go, kid. <laughs> just carry me across the, the, the finish line, right. take, get to the end. Yeah. yeah, hopefully you have enough to pay for a room, which is it's interesting to start the game, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's... But like the fact that we're talking about these moments, right, and talking about the time we spent with it, like this... It's been a really awesome experience with this game. Yeah, a lot lot of fun for us. Yeah, for sure. Now, I will mention that this game is not being sold at retail, but you can buy it from the web store at Sky Kingdom Games. So go watch watch there for opportunities to buy it. Uh, I I know it's going to be a little short on probably copies until another print run comes around, but just be on the lookout for that one. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, anything else you have to say? No, I'm I'm glad you introduced it to me. Like you said, I'm very thankful that we were able to kind of get the preview and and um, the discussions you've been having with the designer have been really helpful. You've been having a lot of fun with that. So thank you so much for, for being engaged mm-hmm. with Steve. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been a great time. Well, thanks everyone for watching. If you want to see this game play, we do have some plays of it are over on the streaming channel. Mm-hmm. So if this was just a quick overview, but you can see the nuance and details of it, go check it out over there. But thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you at the next stop. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.